0: Who was the last truly great video game villain? Voss? Handsome Jack? EA? Given that the villain serves as the primary motivation for you to stick it out to the end, at least in a narrative sense, it's important they make a major impact, while being interesting, entertaining, and above all memorable. When it comes to designing an antagonist with solid motivations that can stay fresh across tens if not hundreds of hours though, well I'm Scott from WhatCulture.com and these are 9 awful villains that ruined amazing video games. Number 9, The Didact, Halo 4. 343 might be something of an enigma these days, taking one step forward and ten back with Halo Infinite, but I, for one, actually really liked Halo 4. For all its lore expansion though, the studio's debut featured a notable sour note in the form of arguably the worst Halo villain of all time, the Didact. A total charisma vacuum who didn't feel remotely threatening, it didn't help that you had to settle for a glorified quicktime event in place of an actual fight, ending the campaign in a, oh I guess that's it, kinda way. For as much as the Forerunners were built up to be ultra-intelligent beings, the Didact gives very little of that. From his physical design and voice onwards, he's just a nothing character, getting far more worthwhile treatment in specific Halo novels if you have the inclination to seek them out. Number 8. Lucian Fairfax. Fable 2. Name a more iconic duo than Peter Molyneux and Under-Delivering. Fable 2 introduced players to the initially compelling villain Lucian Fairfax, a madman who immediately got your attention by killing your sister Rose, leaving them for dead and plotting to annihilate the world. It's all typical bad guy stuff for sure, then comes a final encounter with Lucian that's jaw-dropping in all the wrong ways. The boss fight, if we can call it that, consists of Lucian monologuing while you hit a prompt on a music box to kill him with a single button. There's no proper battle, just automated victory to the extent that even if you don't press anything, one of your companions will step in and do it for you. Number seven, The Arkham Knight and Scarecrow, Batman Arkham Knight. Even with its wonky buggy launch and that divisive AF Batmobile, Batman: Arkham Knight was a mostly fantastic game, with super solid combat and atmosphere for days. After its predecessors offered up some exemplary villains though, it was a crushing disappointment that Rocksteady's final Batman game didn't come anywhere close to the Mr. Freeze fight from Arkham City. First and foremost, there's the titular Arkham Knight, whose identity was a major source of pre-release hype, only for him to be a disgruntled Jason Todd. His fights are a terribly handling Batmobile sewer chase thing, and another where you just sneak up on him a few times, scoring the win in a cutscene. On the other hand, there's Scarecrow, an undeniable fan favourite, who uses his toxin so that we can fight the Joker again, then gets subdued in another cutscene. Number 6. Rice, Dying Light Arguably the thing that stopped dying light becoming an all-out five-star great was Kadir Suleiman, better known by his warlord moniker, Rice. For all his talking and posturing, Rice is just boring, philosophizing about chaos like a college student who just took their first bong hit while watching The Dark Knight. There's not much more to his motivations beyond snapping after his brother's death, and it's never really believable that he leads such a devoted army of followers. To top it all off, you don't even get to take Rice down at the end, as the fight is another quick time event. Number 5, Zant. The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess. For the majority of The Legend of Zelda, Twilight Princess, the main antagonist is Sorcerer Zant, initially introduced as an appealingly fresh, enigmatic, and deeply menacing villain. For a while, it seems like the self-proclaimed King of Twilight is truly the most fearsome enemy Link has ever faced, until near game's end when he removes his mask to reveal who he truly is. At this point, Zant's personality does a total 180, from sinister stoicism to kooky, petulant hyperactivity, before it's revealed that he's basically been a stooge of Ganondorf the entire time. After Link defeats Zant, we shift to a more typical final encounter with Ganondorf, which while arguably one of the series' best to date, still leaves a sour taste considering it undermines everything Nintendo did with Zant to that point. Having players buy into one version of the character for 30-something hours, then take a hard left turn, was certainly a choice. Twilight Princess is still a great game, but one forever tainted by this particular creative decision. Number 4. The Tyrant, Deus Ex Human Revolution. 2011's Deus Ex Reboot is another game that should be up there as an all-timer, and in so many ways it totally is, save for a set of badly designed villains. Widely criticized on release for the inclusion of several boss fights against members of a mercenary outfit known as the Tyrants. while players expected that say a heavy investment in stealth would let them dispatch these bosses through non-lethal means, Eidos made no such allowance, forcing ill-equipped players to struggle through combat-heavy encounters they literally weren't ready for. The backlash was severe, with reports eventually emerging that Eidos outsourced these fights to another developer due to time constraints, explaining why they clashed so jarringly with the rest of the game. Human Revolution's director's cut did eventually fix the battles to provide players with more options, but it's painfully evident how antithetical these encounters are to the game's core design philosophy. Number 3, Chronica, Mortal Kombat 11. One of the big problems with any sufficiently long-running franchise is how you keep introducing ever more powerful threats who don't undermine those that came before. Mortal Kombat 11 was guilty of this by introducing Kronika, a new all-time encompassing big bad who possessed the ability to control the flow of time. Therefore, it should have been easy for her to defeat literally anything. Instead, Kronika turned out to be not much of a thinker, failing to exploit her abilities to their full potential and making her look like a fool in the game's Aftermath expansion, where she's caught off guard and killed by Shang Tsung. Far worse than this though, Kronika is hurriedly introduced as the biggest, baddest villain of them all, even beyond Shang Tsung and Shao Kahn, clearly being pulled from nowhere in an attempt to up the stakes. Despite a fair effort from legendary voice actor Jennifer Hale, Chronica is a weirdly empty, forgettable character, despite sitting in the background of the entire franchise, proving severely lacking in the personality department. Thanos, she ain't. Number 2. Kai Lang. Matter Effect 3 while many will maintain that Mass Effect 3 was ruined by its infamously underwhelming ending, what truly sinks it is the presence of the unbearably goofy recurring villain Kai Lang. As the elusive man's lackey, Kai Lang is basically a parody of a badass assassin, a Metal Gear-esque cyborg ninja who Bioware threw in for reasons. Beyond wasting the vocal talents of the great Troy Baker, who himself admitted the character was terrible, Kai Lang is simply an over-designed, cringy edgelord, feeling rushed and unearned in a final story chapter that was in itself all over the place. As a result, Lang makes every scene worse every time he shows up, spouting corny one-liners and acting like he came from Hideo Kojima's cutting room floor. The Mass Effect novels do thankfully flesh him out more, but when you're playing games that already number dozens of hours each, it feels like a cop-out to make the player do a ton of required reading to make the villain remotely interesting. And number one, The Wild Hunt. The Witcher 3, Wild Hunt. CDPR's 2015 masterwork is one of the greatest video games of all time, a rich, vibrant action RPG set in one of the most lush open worlds ever conceived. It's testament to the areas of the game that were knocked out the park, though, or completion data proving hardly anyone actually got through this, what an absolute misfire the titular Wild Hunt are. Geralt is tasked with taking down these spectral soldiers, led by King Eredin, yet the whole outfit almost feels like an afterthought. Despite the incredible amount of detail CD Projekt Red put into the game's large cast of characters, and even the most seemingly trivial side missions, they really drop the ball with the primary villains. Geralt battles several members of the Wild Hunt during the game, culminating in a fight with Eredin himself, yet before this, the group as a whole takes a backseat for the majority of the story. The decision to have Eredin kill fan-favorite crack on crate moments before his Wild underwhelming boss fight felt like a desperate attempt to elevate him in players' minds. Considering there are several superior villains across this game, especially Gaunter Odin from the Hearts of Stone DLC, framing the main story around the Wild Hunt and Eridan in particular feels like a misstep. The Wild Hunt are basically part-timers in their own game, and Eridan rarely rises above generically evil villain status. And those are our picks for various video game villains that ruined the titles they were in. Let me know your own favourites down in the comments below, and please subscribe to the Culture Gaming Podcast. For now, I've been Scott from WhatCulture.com, and I'll catch you soon. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time